0: Die, have become a seed inside of you, and it's now time for them to bring to come forth and to bring forth. And the and God is going to show you His faithfulness. God's going to show you His faithfulness. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Your life's never going to be the same in any way. Health of your body, um, your finances, your relationships. You're you're stepping into uh, the promised land. The Lord's prepared for you, man. It's good news, man and we love you and we love you (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think when God hugs he doesn't have to touch you physically for you to feel it that's kind of what a a prophetic word is it's a God hug when it's done properly because it's supposed to be love you know amen praise God thank you Lord um, so when I was in a place of worship, this is what I was getting in my heart. So I'm just going to share it. If they decide to close churches down again, you know, which they might, I don't think we should close down. I think we should stay open. And uh, and But what I think we should do is I think we should use this beautiful five-acre property and turn it into a drive-thru yep. and let everybody just park. And we can even paint out the little... Um, areas so people can be distanced properly and make sure that we honor all the guidelines and honor uh, you know leadership of Scott County and do everything that they want us to do, but then you know just set up a stage out here, um, you know rent some big speakers and just have a big field party <laughs> you know and if people need to, and we can get some porta potties and we can let we can open up the church and people can use the bathroom you know of course in the church and in the porta potties and we 'll just honor what they have, the kids can come and, you know, maybe play in their own little groups or whatever, um, so I don't know, that's just what I was seeing, you know, and, and I'm just seeing kind of the vision of it, and all the people that are wise and smart and smarter than me will help bring it to pass, <laughs> because uh, we can all do it together, can I get an amen, that's not a, but I really think, and they may shut churches down, and if they do, man, we'll just throw field parties, amen, we won't have church services, we'll have Sunday morning field parties, out here on Newtown Pike. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, man. I think so. People are hungry, people are ready. And, and really, man, and this property has been a challenge to us for many years. And we love it, we're thankful for it, but it has its challenges. But now it's like I'm looking around thinking, did God set all this up? <laughs> you know, because now, like, we got this five acres, we can just have church. And we can honor the guidelines and still honor the Lord at the same time. So, I'm starting to, you know, how you don't know what God's doing until you turn around and look. You know what I'm saying? And you look into passion. Like, okay, okay, all right. I see what you were doing there. So, Amen. Praise God. That's right. He does. He's smarter than us. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful. I don't have to be the smart person in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, all I got to do is is uh, consent to be loved. <laughs> And then everything else arises out of that, you know. And then he, you know, so anyway, so I just thought I would share that. Praise God. Sincerely hope my wife's in agreement with all that. (laughs) Amen. My wife is the executioner of wisdom in the home. So I know she's got wisdom in regards to all that. Amen. And we're pregnant. In case you didn't know. And the only way you could not know is if you were Dan Bell. And you weren't on social media, and you weren't, because I sent out smoke signals, and I, every form of communication that I had available to me, I did. Amen. And so, um, we're so excited, and we're thankful. Yeah, we're pregnant, Dan, and so, it's awesome, man. We're so thankful and excited about it, and, and uh, I personally believe it's a little girl, and, uh, but I won't, I won't come out and bother my wife and say that it's definitely a little girl, but it's definitely a little girl, and um, <laughs> her name's Lily, <laughs> been waiting on her for 20 years, yeah, yeah, so anyway, uh, March 1st or, fe- or early February, so, yep. yeah, man, we're just gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be supernatural, it's gonna be a, <laughs> <laughs> forgive me. Forgive me. <laughs> Honey, did you hear that? Are you laughing about that? Is that funny to you? <laughs> They're of course watching at home, so Amen. Yeah, late February, early March. Amen. I did it right. Amen. Good job, Jeremiah. All right, cool. Praise God. We've been laughing all morning, man. Like we before service we all got here and like I laughed till I cried on multiple occasions. <laughs> And like, we weren't really talking about anything spiritual at all. We were just joking around and being silly. And it was great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good, man. It was good. I mean, fellowship's important, amen? I think we appreciate fellowship even more in the days that we're living in because it's so challenging to get. So that when you do get it, it's like you really appreciate it for what it is, you know? Amen. So, cool. Awesome. Well... Praise God. God laid something on my heart today. Amen. We've already had church. Let's turn to Psalm 100, please. Um, A big part of God's plan for your life is for you to experience His goodness. And um, that is uh, the product of... uh, being in relationship with a god that is love is that you're going to experience a lot of goodness now the world is is not the world is, is um, fallen and so there's a lot of bad things that still happen here on this planet but god himself is good and his plan towards you is goodness now it's your decision on how much of that goodness that you are willing to take it's not him, it's you. Uh, he, he, um, his plan, the level of his goodness is so awe-inspiring Amen. that the human mind is unable to comprehend it, and that's what Scripture said. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. And so... His goodness is beyond the human mind's ability to comprehend. And that's why he said that he would do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think, according to the power that works in you. What does that mean? That means that whatever you can think of or fathom in your mind about the goodness of God, God can beat it. Amen? And it says, according to the power that works inside of you. Now, the whole context of that chapter is love. Ephesians chapter 3. So, in order for you to receive the goodness of God, you're going to... The necessary channel in which it's going to flow is you're going to have to believe that God loves you. And you're going to... That you're, that, that's your responsibility, okay? His responsibility is to love you. Your responsibility is to believe it. And so... um. And it will be difficult for you to believe in how much God loves you if you cannot believe that you're forgiven and that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Um, that is that's required of you. Uh, that is what honoring the Son of God looks like. God finished the work. It's completed. Um, as you're listening to me this morning, you're forgiven. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your past, present, and future sin has been completely forgiven, erased, and eradicated. 2,000 years ago, before you were born, you entered into that timeless covenant by believing in Jesus Christ. But the payment was already paid. And so, it's important to understand that. It's important to believe that. As you believe that, that is your part. That's the obedience of faith. That's what the new covenant requires. So that We want you to believe in Jesus. We want you to believe He did a good job on the cross. We want you to believe that you're a forgiven people. So while you walk and you live these days on earth, you need to put your shoulders back, you need to put a spring in your step, and you need to walk as someone who is right with God and whom God favors. And you don't need to tolerate any level of lie that God is angry with you or mad at you or upset at you or withholding anything from you. Because that's a lie. Now, it's a compelling lie. And the reason it's a compelling lie is because we all fail. And so there is evidence that the lie is true according to our conduct. (laughs) Amen. Anybody make mistakes this week? Oh, hallelujah. Let's talk about them. Let's let's lay out the laundry. (laughs) Let me begin with myself because that's how it works, right? Amen. This is one of my favorite parts of preaching, talking about my own shortcomings. I absolutely love it. I could never do it in legalism. Now I can do it because I'm just a person with a gift. Amen. How I many know I mean, oh, you're called to follow Jesus? Can okay, you get an amen? And every person that has a gift has it in an earthen vessel, and they're just a person, just like you, and they make mistakes. Amen. So this week at our house, my wife is nauseous 24 hours a day. We have a puppy uh, who just got neutered and has experienced a surge in testosterone for seven to ten days. And you told me it was brain surgery. You lied. It was not brain surgery. He's not increased in intelligence whatsoever. He has lost his mind. He has tore up everything. that he, He's chewed everything. And he, oh yeah, it's, it's for real, man. It's just So praise God. So if you felt led to pray for the Johnson House this week, you heard God because we needed it in the backyard, there's a big mud pit because the dude come out to do some work on the house and, and, and dug this big mud pit. And so the dog's in and out of the mud pit. And then we have people over at our house, Stacey's childhood best friend and their whole family staying at our house. And we have Eli. <laughs> and, and, and there's no elaboration that needs to be made on that statement. <laughs> so, I have actually done surprisingly well. I've been super spiritual, I've had my halo on tight, and I've not failed the Lord at all. I've been perfect. <laughs> I said that for the benefit of my wife. <laughs> Amen. No, we've had some trying moments. And, um, but that's okay, and that's a part of life. Amen. But how I many you know that none of those mistakes that I made or have made, or you made this week, like we all lifted our hands, you know. None of them are greater than what Jesus did on the cross for you. None of them are. They fail and pale in comparison to the cross. So, you are enjoying an eternal forgiveness that you didn't earn and you didn't deserve, which will set the stage for you to understand how much you're loved. And if you can receive how much you're loved, and you can begin to bring that into your life, it will allow you to develop an expectation to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Heaven's solid. It's a done deal. Don't even think about it. In terms of whether you're going or not. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Um, And certainly, it's good in the sense that it's a hope that purifies you. And helps keep you strong when all hell's breaking loose on the earth. Amen? We know that we're pilgrims and we're passing through. Right? So that's good. But you need God to move here now. Amen? And this is, it's His joy to do it. Because this is where His promises come to play. And if you look through Scripture, God's book is filled with promises. And so, a part of the demonstration of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living... And a part of the demonstration of His faithfulness in your life is that He's going to promise you something. And it's your job to trust Him and expect that He's going to bring that promise to pass. Now, and this, this comes into play, how, how, good, how much of His goodness are you willing to receive? How many know that, you know that there's a time in my life when I did not believe that the Lord was a healer? And so as a result of that, I didn't receive any healing. But then I found out he was a healer. And so then it developed an expectation in my heart to, to place a demand upon that part of his goodness. found out that uh, there's a time in my life when I didn't know God wanted to take care of your needs. I didn't know God wanted to provide for you. And I found that out in Scripture. And um, as a result of that, I can, I can place an expectation on the Lord that he's going he's gonna to supply the needs of my family. He's going to take care of this ministry um, he, he's going to um, be a father that takes care of the needs of his children. I mean, that's a great revelation to have in, in a very challenging world that we live in. And um, that's an aspect of his goodness. I mean, you oh, God also wants to protect you. Amen. There's tons of promises concerning protection. Um, there, there are, prom- there's all kinds of promises. And um, they're in Scripture. And Psalm 100 and in verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. And His love endures forever, and His faithfulness continues through all generations. And so, turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. God's plan is to be good to you, and that's what He wants to do. That's what He wants. He wants to be good to you. Amen? You ever try to be good to someone, but they didn't receive it? You ever try to, you know, we, you know you're, you're dealing with an animal, and you're trying to help an animal, but the animal's afraid? I think that there are certain areas of our life where we've been hurt and abused by the church that we don't want to receive goodness in that area because we've been hurt in that area. And so now, because we've been hurt, God has goodness that He wants to bring healing in that area, but we don't want to, we don't want to talk about that area. And what needs to happen is um, the way this is healed is proper teaching, truth. It's not healed through time. <laughs> It's not healed through; it's healed through truth. And when when someone has twisted the scriptures and brought damage into someone's heart in their life, it's one of the worst wounding,s because it's a wounding that's done in the name of the Father. And so you get wounded. You know how many know that the Spirit gives life, but the letter kills. The letter is a sharp, two edged instrument of destruction. Uh, I have experienced a lot of destruction in my life, but the greatest destruction I've ever experienced. Have ha, has been uh, through wrong, through um, doctrines of devils, man. A scripture that's been twisted. Worse than the drug culture. Worse than... Because, man, when you get hurt in the name of God, it, it hurts you in a way that nothing else hurts you. Um, it's just like when someone's been abused as a child. If you've been abused by the person that you're supposed to trust and that's supposed to take care of you and bring a place of safety for you, and you get hurt by that person it does something to you in a way that just being hurt by someone else cannot. And so there's a place in many people's hearts where they've been hurt by Scripture. And it's not that the Scripture was evil, it's the interpretation of Scripture was evil, and it was twisted in order uh, to bring forth control. And, And even there are instances where it's not even there to bring forth control, it's just people are teaching it wrong. And as a result there, there's a wound that happens, and the only thing that heals that wound is teaching. But here's the thing, we don't want to talk about those areas. Even in grace circles, there are areas that grace preachers struggle with teaching about that's in Scripture, that they need to teach about. Because you are not doing someone a service by protecting them from the truth. You're not doing someone a service by protecting them from something that has the ability to set them free, even though it might hurt a little bit in the beginning. Anyone ever had a splinter removed? Not fun. But the pain of the moment sets you free. Amen? And so there are areas and passages of Scripture that grace preachers need to preach about <laughs> that have been hurt and abused. And, and, and uh, we we got to go back And we got to dust off the babies that we we tossed out with the bathwater and bring the truths that were given to us that were solid. See, we, we have this propensity to, in the midst of Reformation, to think everything you've learned is evil. Well, everything I've learned is evil, so I throw it all away. And so then we develop a taste for new. If it's new, it must be true. What? I've never heard that before. It must be true. And then we become new chasers. And then we just chase new. And you can chase new so far away from scripture <laughs> and so far out in the left field that you're so far away from Christianity and from the gospel and from the truth of what the Bible tells us that you're 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 we have to be careful of that. And so when a reformation is happening, we've got to make sure that we don't let go of the truths that we're good. Can I get an Amen? There are people that have went before us that pioneered the way and shouldered the load and went through hell for some of the revelation that we 're flushing down the toilet because we got hurt when it was preached to us amen and, and, and i 've I've just made a decision in my life you know and, and um, I want all of the lord 's goodness I want all of it I want everything the blood paid for I want it all and I feel like that attitude honors God. Because it says, I respect your sacrifice. I respect what you did. And now I want to honor you by receiving everything that you paid for. And I'm not going to earn one drop of it through anything that I do that's good. Because if you think that you're going to receive the goodness of God by your conduct, you don't understand the New covenant." No, no, no! You come boldly to the throne of grace to, help, to obtain help in time of need, and you come in the name of Jesus. Do you know that because of the new covenant and the gift of righteousness has been given to you, you deserve you now, <laughs> you now deserve what Jesus deserves. He gave you His righteousness. Amen. And so you don't come to God based on your filthy rags of righteousness. You don't come to God based on your conduct, good or bad. Because it's not about us. Can I get an amen? You come based on Jesus Christ. And come boldly. And come with confidence. And put your shoulders back. Sit down. Eat. <laughs> You're invited to the table. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's, it's time to feast. Um, it's time for the people of God to arise and to feast. Because there are people that need to feed at your table. There are people that need to feed on the blessing that God's pouring into your life. There are people that need to experience the love of God through you. So you need to receive more than you can use. So that you can pass it on. And the church can be a part of the answer of the scourge that's coming against our nation rather than a bickering, squabbling, political ideologies and not being the feet and hands of Jesus in the earth. Amen. Amen. We could just we could just go home right there. <laughs> ah, it's the Lord, man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Second Peter chapter one. We've been given promises that are going to give us a sense of deliverance in the earth from the evil that's here. Um, and it's from all evil. God's plan is to deliver you from all evil. Now, doesn't mean that you won't step in some periodically. Amen. And because um, it's here, right? How um, I many you know there's a difference between stepping on dog poo and eating dog poo? Both are awful. One, but but one's significantly less bad than the other, right? This is for you, Tim. I haven't haven't done one of these analogies in a while, and I just feel the unction. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Because you walk the earth, and every once in a while, there's junk, right? But it doesn't have the ability to get inside of you. That's because Jesus said this. He said, the enemy comes, but he has nothing in me. And how many know the enemy's been kicked out of you? And now you're wall-to-wall Jesus Christ yeah. on the inside. So whatever this world can throw at you, greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? But, um, so you've been given these promises, and so you, we need these operative in our lives. 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 4, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life, it's talking about this world, and godliness, it's talking about your nature, through the knowledge of Him, talking about Jesus, that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us. This is given to you, just like a car keys are given to you, or a Bible is given to you, something is given to you, this is given to you, when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Exceeding, great, and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world. And so there's an element of deliverance in these promises that have been presented to you. Now, the way we failed in the past is we thought it was our job to earn the promise. We were taught that. We were taught wrong. And it was never spoken. You got to earn the promise, but faith was presented in such a way that it was like faith coins or faith credits. And if you built up enough, then you could take your coins and you could go and you could buy promises from God, and God would be pleased with you because you had enough faith coins or faith credits. Right? That uh, faith teaching faith is biblical, but that that form of teaching faith is not scriptural and it doesn't work. Um, it actually it throws a monkey wrench into relationship and you're left with transactional Christianity where God becomes your employer instead of your father and you live very frustrated because you can't really receive anything from God based on debt. Here's the thing. God owes you nothing. And He will never owe you anything. I mean, and that's a stark reality. I'll I'll take it a step further. We're lucky to exist. (laughs) Seriously. You didn't have to exist. You got an opportunity to experience life. Amen. And so, God doesn't owe us anything. Okay? Ever. But He wants to give you everything for free through Jesus. Amen. And so... You cannot bring a debt system into that relationship because if you do, you're going to live frustrated and you're never going to receive the promise. That's what legalism does. At legalism at its course is this. I'm going to be good enough to control God. I'm going to be so good God's going to owe me a blessing. That mindset, which is unfortunately commonly taught, will absolutely frustrate grace and will leave you with Nothing. Yeah, and so faith is not chips or credits that we earn things from God with. That's not how a promise operates. If I promise you something, I haven't given it to you yet, right? I promise you uh, ice cream after church, you know? And so the promise is spoken, and whether you believe it or not is based upon your estimation of me. Period. And so, what I have found, as I have gotten to know God in His love and grace and His true nature, my trust in Him has grown exponentially. And I don't try hard to have faith anymore. I just trust Him. And I know there are ups, and I know there are downs, and I know there are things that I don't understand. And I don't comprehend. And there are times when prayers seem answered. There are times when prayers don't seem answered. There are times when it seems like the promise is going to come to pass. There are times when it seems like the promise is never going to come to pass. But through it all, I've finally come to the place where I really believe He's good. And I believe He has our best interests at heart. And I believe He wants good things for our lives. And so I may not understand everything, but as, as I've walked a little bit and I begin to understand Him, I mean, you know, trust allows the passage of time to not be so painful. If I trust that the Lord's going to do something, then the passage of time, is, it, my perception of it is lessened. Remember when... Um, Jacob served, and it was as but a moment, because he was in love? What if you and I really knew how much God loved us? Would our trial seem as but a moment? I think it would. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we just knew how much He loved us. Amen? Amen. And so these promises God's given to us to overcome, man. And um, there is a passage of time. You know, it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. Amen? And there are things that we don't understand. And that, that, that's one of the things that really helped me out. I just, I settled within myself. There's stuff I just don't know. That's like one of the greatest moments for me as a minister. Like, I don't know, and it's okay that I don't know, and it's okay that I tell people that I don't know, and I'm ha- I'm totally okay with not knowing. Like, I'll, like it's the greatest thing in the whole wide world when I finally realized that no one can figure God completely out, and no one understands perfectly, and everybody's missing it somewhere. So chill. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, chill out. You know. And there are things that you just don't understand. And you're not going to understand. And that's like, okay. You know? And, and the analogy I love is, you know, just trying to convey things to a two-year-old. We must change your diaper. You know? we got to change your diaper. you got to eat something besides chocolate. He's so, this kid is so like me. He gets up in the morning and stays like, what do you want for breakfast? Chocolate. No, oh, you can't have chocolate for breakfast. you got to have something besides chocolate chocolate and jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> it's Oh man, it's so like Oh man, this guy, man. This kid, he's just he's funny, man. He's funny and so I don't even know why I told that story. You <laughs> remind me like where I was going. With that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah, I got caught up in the moment. Um how many, you know you can't tell I oh, started thinking about chocolate this <laughs> Chocolate, and jelly beans. <laughs> man, he gets it honest. Man, he gets it honest. God love him, boy. I tell you what, he was mad the other day, though. Let me tell you all the funniest story. He, he, um, yeah. I, I think I may have told you guys. We got this arcade game, the Street Fighter game, and he loves it, loves it, loves it, loves it, loves it too much. Loves it way too much. And so, like, he calls it the punchy game. So he's on there, and he's playing the punchy game, you know. And and um, the punchy game are, are developing bad habits in Eli because now he just wants to punch everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because this is cool. It's just fun. It's a game. So, like, we got to get rid of the game. We can't just – like, we we had a season where we Stacy made a sign that said closed. We just put it on. Punchy game's closed right now, you know. And he handled it for a little bit. But, like, so – no, but, no, 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 we told him, no, we told him, we told him. That's so funny, man, that is so funny. Yeah, honey, he can't read. <laughs> How does he know it's closed? Oh, my gosh, I wish Stacy had a little, like, picture screen, she could come out and she could comment. <laughs> Oh, man. We tell him it's closed. We tell him it's closed. It didn't work. It doesn't matter. So we said, we got to get rid of this thing. We're going to sell it. So we sold it, right? And so, like, because we can't have it. He just can't handle it, you know? And, uh, and so the, the guy actually bought it when we had the youth over. All the kids were over there, right? And so the guy comes in, and he's, like, buying the video game and all that. And Eli is just, like, in utter two-year-old heartache turmoil. The punchy game is leaving. What's wrong with you people? And it's funny, like, all the teenagers, they could, like, relate to it. They were, like, feeling his pain, like, man, you know, because they've all probably been through that before, you know. And he was so mad, and he was so upset, and he was upset for days. Like, he would talk about it, and he would just mourn. And we were like, and usually chocolate will fix everything. You want a piece of chocolate? Yeah, okay, I'll take a piece of chocolate. Okay, a piece of chocolate? He took that chocolate bar. He threw it across the room. Don't no want no chocolate. <laughs> What the punchy game? <laughs> That's when we knew it was a problem. You know what I'm saying? When, when the chocolate was rejected and we were still in mourning. But he's doing better now. But yeah, praise God. Yep, he's running around the house going, Hadouken! Hadouken! Some of y'all may know what that is. Some of y'all may <laughs> Oh, God help us, man. Praise the Lord. It's okay to laugh in church, right? Amen. Let's turn to Luke chapter 1, please. And so, God has these promises. And then, how many know that not only does God have promises in Scripture, but how many know that God will speak stuff to you personally? He'll give you something personal. And He'll speak something to your heart. And that's between you and Him. And... Um, Because He's a personal God. And, and there is such a joy that happens in answered prayer. <clears throat> when God has come through on His promise. And He did what He said He was going to do. And how many know that, that when that promise comes to pass and when it happens, not only does it bless the individual that's experiencing it, but how many know it blesses other people? Because it gives them hope for their promise and for what God has spoken to their heart, if you handle it properly. I mean, you know, the, 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 the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And when a testimony is shared properly, it should glorify Jesus Christ, not the individual sharing the testimony. And that's one of the things that we missed uh, in the old way of doing things is, you know, under that concept of faith chips, um, when someone testified, what they were really doing was they're like, my face is bigger than yours, and I'm awesome, and you stink. <laughs> you know? And then what up, what would happen is, rather than a testimony edifying people, it would actually caused jealousy and pride and contention. And, uh, I mean, you know, the problem is, is our focus is on the wrong thing. How many of the focus should be on Jesus? Amen? And when Jesus is glorified, everybody's edified. When a person is glorified, it, it messes things up, and it makes... It causes pride and contention and jealousy, and it's not edifying. And so, when a promise comes, how many know that promise has the ability to stir up your heart to hope again? Amen? How many know that the promise speaks? And it doesn't just speak, it speaks to your heart. When you see something come to pass that someone has waited for for so long, it might be healing. It might be financial deliverance, it might be a family member getting saved, it might be, um, there's a million different things that it can be, but when you see a promise come to pass, it should speak to the hope in your heart to arise and awaken and trust again. Let me know that when the passage of time continues to roll, you can get weary. But how many know that along the way, in the race of your life that you're running personally, you need moments where someone hands you a cold glass of water. The purpose of a testimony is to be a cold glass of water given to you on your journey that will refresh your hope so that you keep moving forward. See, the biggest thing is don't quit. How many know you can quit? You cannot quit physically but have quit it internally. And when you are living life apart from your heart, that's not healthy for you. Wait a minute, Jeremiah. Your heart needs to be in what you're doing. Your heart needs to be in your life. You need to be living out of your heart. When you're living out of your heart, you have purpose, you have desire, you have happiness, and you move forward. And what the enemy tries to do is he tries to bring so much scars and hurt and turmoil against you that he bruises your heart to where you no longer hope. And you, you, you've, you've hoped and you, you've tried for so long that your heart has become sick and you don't believe it's going to happen and you don't believe it's going to come to pass and you've given up. Now, Everybody in Scripture that God gave a promise to, got to that place. There ain't nobody that the Lord has called who just walked up and nailed it out of the park and never doubted. It just hasn't happened. Because there's an element of you and me that has to die. When you realize that you cannot bring it to pass in your own strength, then it dies to you and it becomes a seed that God can use and can bring forth life out of because it's no longer your strength and no longer your ability and when the promise comes and when it comes to pass, the only person that will be glorified is the Lord and the only person that will get credit is the Lord and you and I will be in our proper state of gratitude, of thank you Lord. (laughs) I didn't earn this. I didn't deserve this. This promise came to pass because of your goodness and not my own. I mean, that's how Abraham lived his entire life. He had no concept of earning it because he was 430 years before the law. And his faith flourished as a result of that. So, anyway. So, Luke chapter 1 and verse 41, it says, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. Now, this is where Mary and Elizabeth are coming together. And Elizabeth is carrying a promise, and Mary is carrying a promise. And the promise is about to speak. And when the promise speaks, everyone is stirred up. Here's the thing, folks. Everybody in here, if we had the ability to do it, I could look over your life and see all the the promises. Let me say this. All the promises are in the book. Take what you want. But over your life, what are you trusting and waiting God for? And here's the thing. If you're not waiting or asking God for something then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> because He wants you to ask Him. Why? Because He gets to show you what a great Father He is. He gets to show you what a great God He is. He gets to show you His salvation in the land of the living. You ever... You ever? Uh, you know... My son Eli, I know I talk about Eli all the time, but, you know, he loves to fix stuff, right? And he's really good at it, and he's really smart. I can't fix anything, okay? Nothing. I, my spiritual, like, my DNA, like, I'm the Wreck-It Ralph guy. Like, if you need something broke, (laughs) if you need brute force used on it, I'm your man. But as far as, like, fixing, I can't fix anything. Like, it's a joke in the house, don't even let me fix anything, you know? And so I could tell a million funny stories on that, but I'm not going to. But Eli, he loves to fix up. Now, Eli doesn't know that I can't fix anything. (laughs) Yet. And so, like, I sit down with him, and I engage with him, and I get the tools out, and I try to, I play with him. But right now, I'm still a hero in his eyes. (laughs) And Dad can fix anything. Now, that facade is not going to last long. Probably another six months. (laughs) But... Like when he needs help to do something and I get to do it, you know how good that makes me feel? To help him and to like rescue him and to like, I got, you know, you know if it makes me feel that good as an earthly father, how much more your father in heaven when he gets to step in and rescue you and help you and come, come through good on a promise that he made to you. So don't lose hope concerning those problems. Ask God. You know, God, several years ago, He had to basically kind of corner me and make me make out a list of of things that I wanted. Because, you know, that happened so much in, like, (laughs) praise God, that stuff can be done really wrong. Like, people can be so focused on stuff, and people can be not focused on relationship, and it can get really off balance. But in the same thing, God says, you don't have because you don't ask. He's like, ask. I mean, you ever get around a bunch of kids and there's one kid that will ask for the candy? Who gets the candy? The kid that asks for the candy. Right. That kid gets the candy, man. And if he asks for it again, he gets it again. So, I mean, it's like, God's like, I got all this stuff because I'm so good. What do you want? <laughs> you know? Ask me for something. And man, he cornered me and pretty much basically just really laid it on my heart to do it. And I, in the middle of the night, in a hotel in Houston... I got out um, a piece of uh, stationery, and I made out my list. And it's in my wallet. And it's been in my wallet for over 10 years. And I have watched God check off each one of those boxes and and be faithful to me. And when I asked for all the stuff on this list... It was beyond my wildest dreams and my wildest imaginations that God could do any of the things that that, that I had asked because it was way beyond. but see, it wasn't beyond him and here's the thing: you know what? How many you think he could have done exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think? You know what I'm saying? so uh, had I asked for more, he could have done more, and had I asked for more, he could have done more, and had I asked for more, he could have done more. Are y'all tracking me here do you he, see, he wants to be glorified in the earth through the goodness that he pours out in your life. He wants to be glorified in the earth through the goodness that he pours out into your life. He wants people to want a daddy like you have. He wants people to say, I want a father like that. I want a God like that. I want a covenant like that. I want a relationship like that. I want what you have. So, When you're receiving the goodness of the Lord, it's not about you being selfish. It's not about you being self-consumed. No, it's about you honoring God and and allowing Him to be a good Father to you, to not only be good to you, but so your life would be an example of what it looks like to have a loving Father, to have a loving God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Do you see where it's so selfish for us to get so, so just we we get so we, <laughs> praise god. we get so caught up in ourselves gosh we think too much about ourselves we focus on ourselves too much that's our biggest problem okay you've been removed from the covenant that you enjoy this is a covenant that has been made between father god and jesus Jesus perfectly kept the old covenant, flawless obedience. Opened the new covenant based on grace and forgiveness. And so now, the reason that you're enjoying this covenant is because you've been invited into Jesus Christ. Amen? So now, you are a child of God. You are now in Jesus Christ. And now, you no longer have an identity outside of Jesus. Like, you've laid everything down. Your race, even your gender. I don't know that sounds crazy, but it's what Scripture says. Your, your culture. Jesus, you're, you're now in Christ, and you, you are one with Christ. And, and, and that, that's not going to change. And so now, God's faithfulness to you and His goodness is actually based on Jesus. So, like, if we'd get a hold of this, it would it would break the chains off of the blessing that heaven has, and we'd see what a modern day Abraham looks like, heir of the world, amen. They which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through one Jesus Christ, amen. And so, and so, so. Let's all quit thinking about ourselves. Like let's let's just quit measuring ourselves, determine whether we're worthy or not. Stop. Your your guilt is um it's insulting to the cross. Did he cleanse you? Was he successful? Did he do a good job? then stop allowing condemnation to rob you of the blessings that have been given to you through Jesus Christ. And I, I, don't, and I say that to myself as well. Please, go ahead, go ahead Brian. Give a, take a mic. It's right here. I'm going to toss it, and you're going to catch it. <laughs> Amen. <coughs>
1: Man, uh, so I'm sitting in my apartment last night, yeah, and I'm looking, and I'm just sitting here, and I'd finished up everything. I'm looking around, like I had this thought: it's like this is too nice for me. Hmm. I, 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 I don't deserve this. Hmm. What have I done to deserve this? Hmm. I heard the Lord say to me, don't you think what I do is good? Do you think I do things subpar? I said, no, Lord because it's pride that tells you you can't have this. It it's not there. humility. It's pride. Mm. Thinking that you're not worthy of this. Mm. I made you worthy of this. Yeah. This is me. Cuz this is this is by far the nicest place I've ever lived in. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm the blessed I'm in the best place I have been ever financially it's awesome man it's awesome and it's not because it's not because I've had some plan of success or some thing to gain right sure sure I'm just trying to live for his glory yeah and I'm yeah. not, and I'm trying not to worry about me. And I'm trying to just wake up in the morning and go. No one owes me anything. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Because
1: he's given me all things. Amen, amen, amen. And the more that I learn to live in that blessing, it's really what the word says: blessings overtake you. It's good. It's good. And it's <clears throat> God wants to bless you. Yeah. He knows. He'll he'll bring things in your life where he knows where your heart's at, and it's just as. See, we get caught up in thinking that wanting too much stuff is wrong, but the flip side of it is also wrong, where you don't want to receive anything and you don't feel like you need you know, and you just have the poverty mentality. Sure, sure. And <clears throat> I'm just. I can testify to the fact that god wants to bless you he wants your life to be a blessing he wants people to see the blessings in your life and see his goodness because if anyone were to look at my life it's not because i deserve anything it's not because i have some high education or it's because god's favor has been on my life my entire life he's put me in the right places at the right time and I have majorly screwed things up so bad, made wrong life decisions, yeah. and God has always been. And, and every time he's redeemed me, he's, he's set me a little bit higher. Come on, man. Come on.
0: Yeah. It's what it looks like when a man encounters the goodness of God. It overwhelms you. It overwhelms you. This is what subdues the hearts. Not condemnation, not hellfire and brimstone, the goodness of God. This is what overwhelms people and subdues their hearts. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, thank you, Lord. Come on, man, it's good, because He loves you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, man, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Well, the his benefits. That's
1: right. Come, come on, man. I went from having nothing. Yeah. Living in. Jeremiah saw it like the most dirtiest place. Mm. Yeah. Poverty stricken. Yeah.
0: I had nothing. Yeah. 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 That's right, man. It's good. It's beautiful. Sure. Just up in lust and greed and, sure. And, and of yeah. I'm still miserable because I yeah, 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 not have Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. It's good. It's a beautiful place to be. That's the fear of the Lord. See, fear of the Lord is very healthy. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And what it is, is it's reverence, and it's honor, and it's it's a sense of, if God doesn't do it, I don't want anything to do with it. And that, that it, it's, a, it's a very safe place, and uh, it's a healthy place, and there is a place for that in grace, you know, um, and it really is a healthy balance, and um, it's a good place to be, man. It really is. And... Uh, God wants to be so good to us, man. I mean, He just, He wants to overwhelm us. I'm going to close here. Luke, Luke, Luke 1, and I want to finish this, and then we'll be done. Thank you so much, Brian, for sharing that, man. That was so powerful. That's a demonstration of what God's doing. Um, Luke chapter 1, and verse 41, it says, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, And then she spoke out loud with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of the greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Now what I want to show you is, is when the promise comes, it speaks. Just like when Brian just shared, okay? Brian has been through many years of very difficult financial trouble. Okay, many years of it and had tremendous challenge. Well, he, he's experienced a tremendous breakthrough that has put him in an entirely different place. Now, how many know that that is the promise of the Lord to him? But because God was faithful to him, how many know that, that what that should do is the promise that came to pass in his life should speak to the promise inside of you, should speak to the promise inside of me. So that when I hear the the testimony of Jesus Christ, that, that, that hope is stirred up in me so that I can once again have vision. And so that I can see, and I can hope, and I can dream, and I can remember the promises that God made to me. Whether those promises were in Scripture, or those promises that God spoke to you specifically, it's the reminder and the stirring of the heart that our God is faithful, amen. You know, and, and, and then I got other areas of my life where it didn't come to pass on, on multiple occasions. And I think you need to we need to talk about that. You know, being a Christian is not floating through life Pollyanna perfect. Sometimes it doesn't go well, and sometimes bad things happen. You know, and uh, and and I don't have all the answers for that. But I uh, have made the decision to set my heart on hope. To believe, to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And, you know, I've definitely had setbacks and had troubles. But you can't focus on your setback, man. You can't focus on your personal failure and you can't focus on what's been done to you. I mean, you know, if, if Joseph did not get over the fact that his family betrayed him, his heart would have been too bitter to become king of Egypt. He wouldn't have been ready because because his heart would have fermented in bitterness and grief. And by the time that it was time for him to take that position of authority, he would have been so vindictive and evil, he'd have been worse than his brothers. But he did not count injustice towards the people that hurt him. And he also did not count injustice towards God. So he didn't get better. You know what he did? He flourished and prospered, even as he was wronged over and over again. Wronged by his brothers. Wronged by Potiphar. Wronged by Potiphar's wife. Wronged by the butler. Wronged by the prison guard. Wronged. I will. I can't promise you a life where you will not be wronged. But I can promise you a God that will turn your wrongs into right. I can promise you that. And uh, how many know that your end is greater than your beginning? It's, how, it's, not, it's the end of the story that counts. It's not where you've been through and where you've walked. It's, it's the end of the story. You know, I, today when I, was, when I was driving in, this, this came, you, I think I wrote it down. But... This was said about Abraham. This is what I want to say about my life when I'm done. Whenever that is. Genesis 24 verse 1. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Wouldn't you like for that to be the testimony of your life when you're done here on earth? Do you know that's the plan of God for your life? That you would be blessed in all things not some things, all things, everything, every attempt that the enemy tried to kill you, every injustice, every bruise, every bad thing, every uh, sleepless night, every tear cry, God is going to work all things together for your good. And His plan is to bless you in all things. Amen. Amen. But allow your heart to trust again. Allow your heart to hope again. Get, allow yourself to have vision. In a time when no one has vision, in a time when people are drawing back, in a time when people are freaking out, let's move forward. <laughs> let's move forward. It's time to move forward. Amen? And uh, they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. Great days are ahead, man. Greatest days of our lives. We've all been waiting for these times right here. Don't let the media fool you. Don't let all that circus out there fool you. God's kingdom is flourishing and thriving, and great things are happening in the earth. Amen. It's good days. It's good days. Amen. All right. I just want to pray a blessing over everybody. Um, Father, we just thank you and praise you for the opportunity uh, to come together and to hear the word of truth. And uh, Lord, I just, Spirit of God, I just thank you for what you did here today. So thankful to be a part of it. Thank you for what happened in worship and the Word and ministry. and uh, Just thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. Just so grateful. Such a wonderful, edifying time. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.